0: I'm Shaw,
1: And I'm Kia Miakonatis.
0: And this season on NPR's Invisibilia, we take on control. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and
2: you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And while every episode of ICYMI is so special in my little Pisces heart, even though I can't remember half the episodes we've done, today's episode is one that I'll never forget. It's a really special one. Since 2015, NPR's podcast, Invisibilia, has explored, quote, the intangible forces that shape human behavior. Things like ideas, beliefs, assumptions, and emotions. It's one of those shows that when I first started listening to podcasts was really often recommended to me. And for years, the show was hosted by Hannah Rosen, Lulu Miller, and Elise Spiegel. Until 2020, when the show was taken over by Kia miyaka Natisse and Yowei Shah, both of who will be joining me later in the show. Our conversation was far ranging and fun and honestly really affirming. And I'm really excited for y'all to hear it after a short break.
1: If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded, too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back, and there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
2: And we're back. Today, I'm joined by Yoe Shaw and Kia Miyaka the co host of NPR's Invisibilia. I am so excited to have them here. I kind of feel like I'm in the presence of podcast royalty. <gasps> um, oh my
0: gosh. Stop. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> wow.
2: We'll get into Such that. Nice. But just so everyone can identify y'all's voices. Um, hi,
0: Yoe. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having us. Of course. And hi, Kia. Hey,
2: glad to be here. I'm, as I've said, so excited to have you here. So I'm going to ask you the question that I think I ask every single guest, which is, what were your first internet memories
1: Ooh, I love this question. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Picture it. It's sixth grade. It's 1994. Ooh, take me back. Take me back. You know, someone sends my dad a CDR, like, you know, a CD-ROM of the mm-hmm. internet, AOL, you know? Yes. And then you like, put the disc in. And all of a sudden, you're hearing all these noises. Set up my first AOL account, Starburst at AOL.com. And then I distinctly remember, like, going to school. And like being in like, I think I was in sixth grade, and the only other person who had email was like Amy Zakowski, and be like, all right, Amy, I guess we're emailing now because we're the only two people who have this thing. um But yeah, a, a very cherished memory of like getting access to the internet and just the the way it was a place that like you went to. Like I am mm-hmm. going online, and it was a physical act. Yes, that's beautiful. <laughs>
0: Okay, so for me, the first memory that pops up of the internet is, like, me and my best friend Ingrid's house, and, like, she had AIM, AOL Messenger, Instant Messenger, Mm -hmm. and she convinced me to get an account, and I distinctly remember, like, trying it, like, Mm -hmm. being at her house and, like, messaging with, like, people at school and, like, some strangers and, like, her older cousin, who I thought was cute, and, like... (laughs) After a certain while, I remember being like, nope, this isn't for me. Like, this kind of communication and messaging just didn't work for me. And I feel like that has stayed with me until now because I just don't, like, if people DM me on Twitter or Instagram, like, I am so bad at messaging, I, like, I can't believe I bamboozled my way onto an esteemed podcast like yours about the internet, because like, I don't consider myself an internet person in the slightest. Like, I am constantly six months to five years behind.
2: Wow. I mean, there's a podcast for that. You don't have to keep up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: as long as I have your blessing then I will <laughs> oh feel of course about it.
2: I mean if everyone kept up I'd be out of a job so you are so <gasps> oh, you yes, are so blessed and not keeping up
0: <laughs> I see is that I'm just so curious is, is that like a big portion of like your listenership like people like me who like desperately need translators and guides to the internet that is
2: kind of a big portion of our audience, though we try to make sure that people who are extremely online also get something from the show. Mm. But, like, a good portion of our audience, we actually have a lot of parents who listen to us who are just mm. like, thank God I can keep up with my 15-year-old. Like, I can, I'm not wow. asking them what a Jojo Siwa is. I can, they're always surprised that I know what's happening online because I listen to your show and I'm always just like, Wow. <laughs>
0: You're doing a real service. <laughs> healing families generation <laughs> across generation. Amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, that's exactly what I thought I would be doing. <laughs> mm. Kia, do you consider yourself an internet person?
1: Um, yes. I literally have just set my phone to the black and white setting. It's something uh, for people with disabilities, if you have like overwhelming colors, you could set your phone to be black and white, but it's also really good to do if you're addicted to your phone. And (laughs) so whenever I find myself like I'm picking it up too much, Twitter is not, there's nothing left at the bottom of this Twitter bucket, then I'll just set it to black and white. And it turns down like the attractiveness of the phone because it's not, I mean, so much of the phone's attraction is like, it's colors, it's sparkling, it's a lot Mm -hmm. of things. And so when it's in like grayscale, black and white, then it's just kind of like it's not as addictive and I, I definitely I have to cut myself off I don't have my finger on the pulse of like all the internet happenings but I super love going on Twitter and being like I don't know anything about this let me just dig into this random like you know when like everyone online is talking about some random thing that I know nothing about I'm like happy to just sort of like dig around try to get to the kernel of like the video that people are talking about and be like All right, cool. It's like eavesdropping in a cafeteria. That's how I feel about most of like the internet and specifically Twitter, which has the most addictive qualities to me. For the
0: record, though, everyone needs to know that Kia is definitely one of the like, she's definitely the most online, like the most internet savvy, like on our team. (laughs) which isn't
1: saying much i will i will dip my toe in i'm not a prolific poster at all but i love to lurk i'm a lurker
2: all day i feel like lurkers always have the best of both worlds and that Mm -hmm. they are not necessarily being perceived but they are Mm. seeing everything that's happening so you don't have to worry about being caught up in the drama but you will be caught up with the drama
1: I mean, as someone who loves to eavesdrop and be nosy, it's yeah. my favorite space to be in of just like <laughs> digging in deep to somebody else's life. No consequences. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you became a journalist. <laughs> that's perfect. Right. A I get B. paid to do it now. That's
2: right. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So actually, speaking of getting paid to do it, that's kind of a perfect segue into my next question. What has it been like taking over like an already established podcast?
1: You know, it, I would say it was um, unnerving at first, but also really exciting, I think, to like for me personally, as someone who loved the show from day one, mm. you know, like. Just had been listening to it. It was like my special little audio medicine, especially those earlier seasons where they talked a lot. Like it was basically like self-help, which I love mm-hmm. as a genre. So I was super into the podcast from Jump. And then um, I think to get the opportunity to lead it in this way has been like such a massive uh learning experience and blessing and it's been exciting and I've been exposed to so many different things. And also it's a lot of pressure, you know, people love this show and have a lot of ideas, but it's also been really gratifying, I think, to be like, okay, people really love this show. I really love this show. Can I show up as myself, which is Mm. different from what the hosts were like. Um, And will people stay around for that type of stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And I think for the majority, it, it has been like a really positive thing. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely, it's not without its challenges, but also extremely rewarding just to be like, oh, this thing I loved and now I help make it. It's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. So tell me
0: how exactly this takeover happened. So basically what happened was the host decided to leave and bear in mind, this is summer 2020. And, and basically like, I think for a little bit we all thought that that was it for the show like that's what i thought this wasn't like officially like we were just kind of like in this uncertain time like we just had no idea what was going on i thought my invisibilia chapter was over because i'd been at the show you know starting from the second year that it Mm. was you know in season and then somebody named kia Atis calls me (laughs) up and I will never forget it. I was in the backyard of my old house in West Philly, which was a tiny, 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 tiny backyard. Mm -hmm. And Kia just like, you were basically like, I think that we should save the show. I think you and me should co host. Um, And here's why. And I just remember, like, the idea had never occurred to me that like Mm. me personally like I would ever be a host like I I think of myself mainly as a producer and reporter and to even like think about hosting Invisibilia like I just like it was such a wild idea to me and so I was just like tongue-tied and just kind of like you're crazy like, yeah, <laughs> like it,
1: and it was like, like was not for nothing it was it was a crazy idea like it but it was just that time like 20 mm. summer 2020 was like anything could happen you better yeah. know how to dance like that's how yeah. i felt about it. it was just like things are falling apart but if you're smart you can learn how to put them back together and so that's what i saw happening here was just like it's falling apart and i i mean bless Yellway for telling the version where I'm the main character. Because it's like, you should hear all the different versions of the story where someone else was like, and then I thought. So, you know, I think it was Mm -hmm. in the air. And so I was kind of riding that wave of like, we're just in a moment where this opportunity is more feasible.
0: But like, I will say like for me as like, yes, it was in the air. Like lots of people were like maybe thinking about it, et cetera, et cetera. I hadn't really thought about it. And you just like gave me this like... You know, those like speeches in those Hallmark movies where, you know, like the high school coach is like like the team is like down 30 points on the football field. And then the coach like gives like a speech gassing up the team. Like you gave me like I have I have never been gassed up like that before by anyone. It was it was incredible to just and also for us to do that with each other like that was what it felt having like having only that worked together whole... for a year yeah yes yeah.
1: it was a lot of just like let's go for it energy where it's like the worst they could say is no yeah.
0: yeah let's do it let's trust in each other and our team like let not for nothing like there are um there's a whole team of producers that were part of this effort and we like pitched you know the execs at npr put together this powerpoint while we were also holding down um you Know we were working on other shows at the time because our show was on hiatus, and then yeah, and then we gave this thing, yeah, that gave the pitch deck. Wow. And then, uh, uh Anya Grundman, uh, I'll never forget, she like cried at the end of it, VP
1: of programming. Yeah, she was just like, <laughs> wow. you know, I always say it's all about timing, and this is just like really great timing. And I think she was really glad to have two people come up with a solution and like have the energy around it of like this thing doesn't have to go away we're all really passionate about it and we want to keep it going so
2: yeah that's really exciting I'm picturing like a Friday Night Lights moment of this like inspirational speech (laughs) (laughs) and it's really like it's getting me (laughs) I'm really inspired but it is time for us to take a short break When we come back, I will still be joined by Kia and Yohe and we'll be talking all about their relationships with the
1: internet.
2: Hi, y'all. If you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including the one you're listening to right now. You'll be supporting the show. I see why I would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You will also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Hit Parade, Mom and Dad are Fighting, and Big Moon, Little Moon. You will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever, ever, ever hitting the paywall. Just visit Slate.com slash ICYMI Plus to sign up. That is Slate.com slash ICYMI Plus. And we're back with Kia Miyaka and Yowei Shah, the hosts of Invisibilia. And there's actually a question I've been wanting to ask other podcast hosts for a while. So Netflix's Bling Ring documentary, which we talked about on a recent episode, really gets into how, like, in this early, like, aughts moment, this overlap of, like, um, reality television and, like, gossip websites and how that Mm. closed the gap between celebrities and individuals. Mm. And I think about that a lot with, like, influencers and how much ownership people feel over, like, influencers and how... Podcasters, in some way, because so many are by influencers, end up falling into the same trap where, like, I think consumers can't quite tell the difference between them. Right.
0: Because the internet has this flattening effect. Exactly. Like, like exactly. it just like flattens context, and you're just like on the same phone, the same device, the same computer, interacting with all these different people.
2: Exactly. And I feel like media companies even promote that, especially with women or people of color, where there's this almost expectation that we divulge more of our lives, like mm. our, our, our expertise is in our experience. Mm. And I feel like the mm-hmm. show Invisibility, it feels a lot more personal since y'all took over. And I'm curious as to whether that is like a conscious choice y'all made or if that's just like something you
0: guys were interested in or if there was like external pressure. That's interesting. There was no external pressure. We get to make whatever we're interested in making, basically, which is, like, amazing and feels so special and such a privilege. I will say this. I think, like, for aesthetic reasons, Kia and I are really interested in authenticity, you know? So, like, for lots of reasons beyond aesthetic, too, but for sonic aesthetic reasons, I think... Like we were interested in bringing more conversation to the show and also just like being people who interact with each other in these stories and are telling each other stories that in in our intros to stories like why we're interested in, in, in sharing this with our audience. I don't know. I just find myself more interested in listening to those kinds of narrative podcasts myself like i find the really stiff kind of like at a distance like we're going to like pretend there's this artifice of like i'm not a person and i'm just telling you a story and da, 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 da. it doesn't feel alive to me and i think that that's something that we were kind of interested in is like injecting more i don't know just like life and weirdness and just like spontaneity into these very, very polished stories that that was kind of like the style before.
1: I mean, I hear you on the whole, like, you have to offer up yourself. You know, I think the way I see it is a little bit different in that, expertise is always changing you know it's like one day it'll be a study that says x and then two years later that study will be refuted and so I am interested in like the experiential as the form of knowledge that we uphold because even though your understanding of an experience might change what happened in the experience will not you know and so in some ways like I'm interested in that intimacy and I think also from another perspective of like Showing the hand of the maker. You know, I think there's something Mm -hmm. that is slightly deceptive in a lot of different documentaries or news features where we present a story as if this is the way it is. And you never like reveal the fact until the credits that it's like, it's 50 people who helped shape this thing. And this particular person had this particular aspect that they really wanted to highlight for their own personal reasons. And so we never get exposed to the reality of what it means to make work, which is it's always influenced by the maker. There is never like you have to account for it's not just the measurement you have to account for the measurer and so i think a lot of times in the work that i'm doing it's like i want people to know that this is coming from my perspective i don't want to pretend that i am a voice of god on high who knows this knowledge it's like no i'm a regular person i'm trying to figure this stuff out just like you you know and to me for me personally That builds trust with the audience, which is something I'm really invested in. I never want an audience to think I'm an authority. That's not how I see myself. And that's not really how I want to move through space. But I do want them to feel like I'm being honest with them. I'm giving them as much information as I think is appropriate, but maybe more information out there. But you know that my hand is on it. And so that can help maybe differentiate from a place of like, this is exactly what it is. But instead, it's this is how Kia sees it. And that feels more honest to me than being like, I've got the like I just I would never be comfortable personally saying like I know all the things it's like I just can't
0: yeah and and just to like pick up on something you said Kia like I do think this changing notion of expertise like, I think that was in our pitch deck that, like, we were interested in telling stories that featured different kinds of experts, not just people with PhDs, not just people who wrote books, like, not just people from the Ivory Tower. Um, like, this season, I think, like, in all the seasons of Invisibilia 2.0, we have a bunch of experts that have expertise from years of experience living in a particular world or doing a particular craft or thing and so I think it's like almost baked into yeah like the political Mm I don't know philosophy of like what we're trying to do now
2: no that makes a lot of sense getting into kind of like the way y'all think about the show I feel like Invisibility as a show about like the invisible forces at play. And one of them that obviously I think about a lot is the internet um, and these kind of like guiding hands of social media algorithms that we know are there. We don't really know how they work for a lot of different reasons, but we still refer to them almost lovingly. Like the idea that like the TikTok algorithm knows me so well is something mm. that I run into a lot. Hmm. And while a lot of y'all's episodes aren't like internet specific... The internet almost feels like a silent character in a lot of y'all's episodes. And so, so I'm really curious as to how y'all conceptualize the internet as, like, one of these invisible forces in our lives mm. as you're thinking about episodes.
0: That's such an interesting question. Can I bias some time, but also I'm actually really interested. Can you, like, say more about, like, can you give an example of, like... Yeah, an episode definitely. like a time when you saw the internet as like the silent character in one of our episodes. yeah
2: so I was listening to the episode about power allergies and a lot of the way that your expert talked about like power and the way people think about it now or like the discourse around how women think about power it felt very adjacent to like the kind of girl boss gatekeep gaslight like Mm. thing that's going on right now and Mm. so a lot of the kind of things that y'all reference really I'm like kind of immediately thinking of like oh this is how this is playing out on the internet like this is Mm. like it it almost is like a feedback loop to me and then Kia, your episode about the black um freediver I was thinking about I was thinking about the Black Little Mermaid discourse where I was just like, these spaces where we don't belong, like obviously it's the taking over a Disney franchise, but it's also like the imagery of Black people in water is so foreign to a lot of people. And so all of this was kind of playing out as I was listening to these episodes and I was just thinking like, it's not like you're mentioning Instagram or Twitter or like TikTok like in every single episode, but it, it almost feels like it's there.
1: I love that. I mean, I'm like, uh, you're giving us mad content ideas. I'm like, like, you're absolutely right. We've never really thought about the internet. But you're right. It's invisible. It's everywhere. It's like this ever present thing that I think can like we can get lost in ourselves. And so I mean, I appreciate you just like reflecting that back to our show of like, that's how you see us. And and definitely gives me a lot to think of because it's an immense part of the work that we do down to you know the ability to work remotely like it's everywhere and it is so um because it's everywhere it makes it hard to examine because it's like i actually have a fantasy um this is a new fantasy that's developed for me related to my phone addiction which is at some point next year i'm gonna get a dumb phone (laughs) Really? And just try it. Just try it for a month. And just like at least experience what it was like when the internet was localized to a computer that was in a location. You know, it wasn't like constantly in my pocket. It's like if you want to go online, you have to go. I'm like I kind of miss that distance between myself and the internet of like not always just being like it's always there. And it kind of feels like a nasty addiction sometimes.
0: Yeah. Just to echo what Kia said, I feel like you have pointed out a blind spot actually that i'm yeah. going to be thinking about a lot after this conversation um because i did mean is to true. y'all into an existential crisis <laughs> we love it yeah, we, we love, love existential love crises we do we do that's like our jam actually we're it's so great. comfortable in that space but but actually like because we do think we have like a gut list of mm. questions where we're like thinking about like what are like systems at play that are Really critical to mention in this story. Da-da-da-da-da. Like things like that. And I, like, the internet is not on there. <laughs> mm. But, like, race, gender, like, all these other, like, huge systems that we really care about surfacing and being really strategic and smart about when we tell our stories um, are there. So, like, I feel like we have something to bring up at our team meeting next week, perhaps. <laughs> wow i love to change the world
1: (laughs) welcome welcome we'll give you a producer credit if it goes (laughs) for
2: i'm just spreading producer credits across the world that's all i ever want i always want to just be a friend of the show like the someone people mention they're just like our friend rachel and i'm like that's me (laughs) love it done and done (laughs) that was actually kind of my last question
1: (laughs) wow that was fast and fun yeah, yeah no so this much. was
2: great i mean do y'all have anything else that y'all want to talk about do you oh. have any questions, burning questions about the internet
1: i know i actually mm. it's funny as we were sitting here and it's like it's an internet show you talk about internet things and i remembered this thing that i've recently learned that it's just like burning on my chest and i feel like this is the perfect place to unload it because mm-hmm. i can't tweet about it because my friend follows me and i'm pretty sure i would get in trouble um and i'm like <laughs> This is too much good information. Have you heard of being an IG pickup artist, like an Instagram mm. pickup artist? Do you know anything about these strategies? Um, say more. <sighs> Do we have time? I mean, yes. it's really <laughs> me in a spiral because my friend has taught me about her friend's methodology of using <laughs> Instagram to, sh- uh, to shop for dates. Oh, and let me just oh. break it down for you really, really quickly. So here's her strategy. One, you find someone who you might be attracted to, think is a decent person, but okay. maybe they're not available or you don't want to date that person. You go through the people they follow. Oh. Brilliant. Because then now you're in the network. You're in the yeah. network. You can oh. go through. You can see who's cute, who's who's not. Yeah. Who are you feeling? Who's not? Who do you have things in common with? Then. Yeah. You find someone you like, you reply to a story. You do not do a DM slide. You reply to a story. Because if you do a DM slide and you're not on their friends list, it might get sent and you know, like the third place where no one mm-hmm. ever checks. Mm-hmm. But if you do literally, this I is. have been like just like oh, brilliant. This, information. <laughs> this is bulletproof. Yeah. This, this has, has been, been A B tested. Yes. yes. You're right. Yes. But the final, the piece de resistance <laughs> is to make a collection, which I have never done on Instagram, but you make a collection of the accounts that you want to like shop through
0: so you can just save them all
1: to an ig collection so you can keep i mean it was really it's pickup artist level skill and mastery or just
0: efficient and and smart smart data.
1: it's 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 a lot but i it has just been burning me up that to have this information i have tried it slightly i don't know if i'm really built for this world but i (laughs) am like so um admiring of this system that she's created and then mm. like she passed it on to my friend who passed it on to me and now I'm going to put it on this podcast. So the whole world.
0: Wow. <laughs> I, I think this needs to be a guest.
2: No, she needs to start a podcast about this. This reminds me of this like conversation I actually saw recently where someone was talking about how they get their meal paid for, which is they, they just go to an <gasps> expensive spot. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to go to the spot whether I know someone there or not. Just make eye contact with whoever's there by themselves and by the end of it I can usually get my meal paid for and it started off this entire discourse about the ways in which like the tactics of sex workers are being reframed
1: mm. and, like, mm. repackaged in the internet era. Mm. And this
2: kind of reminds me of that. Yes,
1: that's why I say it's a pickup artistry huh. thing because yeah. it's, like, actually when I got to, like, the info about creating a collection, it gave mm. me a slight ick feeling because it reminded me of, like, when men compile, like, lists of women right. or, like, you, I'm sure you yeah. remember the group chat. There was some thing going around where, like, men are on a big... group chats and they're just sharing your nudes it just kind of reminds me of that so that's why i'm like it's slightly icky but it is Mm -hmm. also like it's pickup artistry everyone has their own methodologies i'm not gonna judge Mm. but it is also like a gender reversal thing of like well because Mm. a woman is doing this i don't know i respect the hustle
0: yeah seriously seriously um in the vein of random other internet things that i want to get off my chest i have one actually we're gonna make that a new segment internet (laughs) confessional (laughs) okay so i have a problem where you remember how like reply all had like email forgiveness day Mm -mm. i feel like in case you missed it can you invent a tweet forgiveness day where Mm. you are allowed to tweet tweets that are no longer relevant to the current because everything moves so yeah. fast mm-hmm. on Twitter. It's too fast for me. I'm slow. I'm a slow-brained person, and so like by the time I like think of a tweet that I actually would like to share, it's like the moment's past.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know
0: what I mean? Yes. And so that I is do. my my question for like an internet podcast. Yeah. That I would no, like can do you all to like take on. <laughs> For mm-hmm. me yes a personal holiday me.
2: i mean it might be funny just to have people send in what they would want to be forgiven just like what is the tweet you would like to be forgiven on this day oh yeah it's that's real. a good idea yeah wow but i know exactly what you mean where it's like ah it's i have the kind of similar issue where i'll tweet something and then think of a better version of the tweet like 30 mm-hmm. minutes later and i'm like oh
0: if i had just yeah. waited <laughs> But but even, I feel like it's like, like for me, it's like the obligate, it's not so much like tweets that I, I feel like are clever or whatever. It's like tw- like the obligatory category of tweets mm. that I feel like to be a good Twitter citizen to like colleagues and friends. <laughs> but I'm just like so slow that by the time it's like out in the way, it's like already way, way months past the <laughs> launch. I'm like, ah, oh, I never did that thing. I never tweeted the thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> You wow i sound like an old person right now
2: yeah. i'm gonna never personally benevolently forgive you and say that if you want <sighs> to tweet something six months after someone's launch i feel like they'd appreciate it they'd be like you're re-upping it. everyone's forgotten yes about it. yes
1: yes <laughs> mm-hmm. I like you're this the long tail of marketing exactly
2: exactly you're that second wave of marketing that all the <laughs> publishers want <laughs> you personally wow
0: i feel forgiven i feel released thank you wow Wow.
2: I'm so glad the internet confessional has come. <laughs> We're going to keep you. I've given you some stuff. You've given me some stuff. Yes. This is the best interview. Can we be,
1: yeah,
0: friends of the pod now. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. This was so fun. Yes. Yay. Thank
1: you for letting me unburden myself. I feel so much oh. better.
2: Once again, that was Kia Miyakonetis and Yowei Sha, the hosts of Invisibilia. You can catch them on every single Friday for this season on Invisibilia. All right, that is the show. I will be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss an internet confessional. Feel free to send in your internet confessionals. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at IcyYMI underscore pod, which is where you can DM us your internet confessionals. And you can also always drop us a note at IcyYMI at Slate.com. IcyYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online. Or not. It is funny because right before we started, I was like, we've never lost an audio file before, but it's never going to happen. And both Daniel and Daisy were like, shut
0: up. (laughs) That's just like calling upon the podcasting (laughs) gods to smite us.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you.